When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. They're here. Pardon me, boy. Is this the Transylvania station? Yeah, yeah. Track 29. I'm the dude. Play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. <laughs> I met her once, Ingrid Bergman. You met Ingrid Bergman. I did. I was a projectionist at a cinema club showing old Hollywood movies in London, and some of the stars who lived here uh, would occasionally come along. And I, I, I slap was... me sideways. Yes, Ingrid Bergman, Patricia Rock, and Anne Todd. I remember. Uh, it was. Interesting it... You should say those names. Yeah, well, we will have to wait later into the show. Oh, how extraordinary. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, let me actually introduce us. I'm Simon Rose. He's James Cameron Wilson. We're going to be talking about the business of, of film. I've gone all misty eyed, just at the thought of Casablanca, which I feel I ought to re watch soon. I try, do you find this, James, with, with favorite movies that you, you almost don't watch them as often as you might other films because you're worried that watching them too often will make them over familiar? And reduce the I'm appeal. terrified of watching old favourites in case they just don't live up to my memory yeah. of them. Yes, that's, that's the way. However, I feel with Casablanca, that's probably going to be all right. Um, I might watch it as a double bill, either, as used to happen in those old wonderful cinemas that used to have uh, late night double bills, where you would get someone like Casablanca and play it against Sam, or sometimes Casablanca <laughs> and a night in Casablanca. Yes. The At one the I'd Scala. like to do, the one I guess, places like the Scala and the Paris Pullman and uh, uh, the Electric and places like that. Um, but the other double bill I feel I would do is, is do you remember Barb Wire with Pamela Anderson? Which I do, was a, a hidden, not so hidden remake of Casablanca that's one of those films that is pretty atrocious and funny as a result. Anyway, we are off the point because we are going to be talking business of film. So where are we going to begin? Well, you may recollect that last weekend, for once, the box office had jumped up by 20.4%. Now, you may also recollect that last weekend we had a rather a few warm, sunny days. The kids are back in school. The Easter holidays are over. Mm. And it's been a catastrophic weekend Mm. for the movies in last week's top 10. I choose my words carefully because (laughs) it's been catastrophic for the films in last weekend's top 10. However, from the previous weekend, the box office total has jumped up by 151.4%. So uh, this presumably means some new film has taken the crown on its... A new film has emerged and has shattered records. This film is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which over the weekend, including Thursday made 19.8 million pounds that is the biggest opening of the year mm. it's the fourth highest opening ever 
for a Marvel title, mm. being only behind Spider-Man, No Way Home, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. It has also already grossed 85% of what the first film made in this territory. And in just four days, four days, Simon, it's made more than 27 of other Marvel movies made in their entire run. Grief. I, I mean, I saw the first Doctor Strange film. I wasn't massively keen on it, but obviously I'm not the ideal audience. I, I was... loved Doctor Strange, the first film. Oh. I, I think outside of the James Gunn canon, who's my favourite superhero director, I think Doctor Strange was, for me, the best Marvel movie of the lot. I just love the character, his arrogance and, and playing around with the whole concept of reality. Uh, I, I am and cropped, of course, cropped up, of course, in the Spider-Man film as well, didn't he? The last yeah, yes, indeed, yeah. And it opened up these whole new avenues of narrative possibility, as Tilda Swinton said in the first film, as the high priestess, the ancient one. What if I told you the reality you know is one of many. Unfortunately, our new director, Sam Raimi, who hasn't directed a movie for nine years, has taken that concept and run with it to ludicrous lengths. So often, a hint of something is far more powerful than the pornographic realisation of it. And Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness does not begin on a promising note. Here we are in a rail, a realm that looks like it has been imaged up by Escher and Salvador mm. Dali, a space between universes, something that feels like a turbulent video game with Benedict Cumberbatch unleashing golden bolts, geometric versions of what Wonder, Wonder Woman fires off. Personally, I prefer to be guided gently into a film, not thrust headfirst into it. I need to find my feet. Then as Doctor Strange and a teenage girl called America are about to be bested by an intergalactic demon, Stephen Strange wakes up. Now, two things struck me about this. One, what a cheat. And two, gosh, how buff Benedict Cumberbatch is looking. <laughs> Stephen Strange does not sleep in a nighty. Of course, the latter is the arrogant New York neurosurgeon and master of his own universe, Strange by name. Uh, anyway, now there's, well, there's little point in me telling you the story of the new film as there's so much of it. But I will say that post-prologue, Strange goes to the wedding of his one great love, Christine Palmer, played by Rachel McAdams. However, during the reception, which is in New York, an octopoid demon attacks the streets outside in pursuit of the girl in Doctor Strange's dream, America Chavez. For a while, I got confused, and I thought Doctor Strange was trying to save the United States, which I thought was a bit beneath him, as I saw him as more of a saviour of the world than just one country. I then cottoned on that the girl was called America, like my first girlfriend, Australia, or the Anglo-American <laughs> rock band america yes it turns out that america the girl has the ability to pass between universes and having opened a portal into this world has brought the corpse of dr strange with her who died in the film's prologue 
which turns out not to have been a dream after all. So the Doctor Strange of this universe inters the corpse of the dead Doctor Strange and goes to visit fellow Marvelette Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, to elicit her help to fight the octopoid demon. I'm, I'm, lo to... I'm losing the will to live here, James. Well, <laughs> I was... I'm, I'm sure in the cinema it, it, it's more um, uh, arresting. Well... I have to say that it turns out that it's actually she, in the guise of her alter ego, the Scarlet Witch, was responsible for the attack on New York. There are a few wisecracks and a lot of CGI, but when no death is permanent in any given universe or any catastrophe irreversible, it's hard to get worked up about anything going on. So the best that Sam Raimi can do is to rustle up some starry cameos to keep his audience vaguely engaged in what is going on on screen. And I was only ever vaguely engaged in the proceedings. There is a notable scene in which Strange and America visit an alternative New York, which is covered in blossom and trees and looks like the city's tourist walkway, the mm. High Line, has escaped and gone rampant. This was great. And there's also an impressive sequence in which our hero is sent through a torrent of alternating visual styles, which is almost up there with the Stargate sequence in Kubrick's 2001. I would like that on my phone, please. Beyond this, though, the sudden manifestation of various superheroes and monsters, purely to give the story a jump start, is just not good enough this is all such a shame just imagine what you could do with just a quarter of that budget which would be 50 million dollars mm. and cast just the british actors in the film benedict cumberbatch chiwetel ejiofor benedict wong sheila atim lashana lynch Haley atwell and patrick stewart in a homegrown production you would have an extraordinary film but what really struck me about my visit to the cinema last week was the promotional featurette for the View cinema chain. It's directed by Ridley Scott, who has a cameo, and is presented by John Boyega. I've seen it 693 times, and it's such a work of moving commercial I've seen art. It. Yes. <laughs> You've seen it? Yes, 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 it, several times. It, okay, it, it's kind of Moorish. John Boyega is a great voiceover artist and the, the visuals are very clever and completely fluid but I'm never entirely sure if I'm watching the same commercial it never feels entirely the same and last week in the al fresco restaurant scene you may recollect I definitely noticed baby raptors scuttering around the table legs and other allusions to Jurassic World Dominion which I thought was really neat. I Talk wonder, about you getting think one in the You think they're amending it all the time? How intriguing! What make it even so? So let me get this right. So, so you're more intrigued by the by the promotional thing for View Cinemas than you yes. are by the actual film coming afterwards yes. that cost what was it two hundred million dollars? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I keep on thinking, I don't remember that. And I do think there are many versions or a few. I versions. shall have to pay more attention because it's but become I, abundantly clear to me that the view cinema is significantly cheaper. I mean, imagine this isn't only the case in, in uh, London, significantly cheaper than the other cinema chains by a long is way. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You I think the most expensive it. is a nine ninety nine for a seat. Yeah. 
So I don't know how much you pay. Well, it, you know, going to cinema on the West End of London, you can be paying £20 plus. I mean, you can get away with less, but, you know, it's it's pretty yeah. expensive. It's a lot of money. So, um, well, we, maybe we'll just take a break now, James, and then we'll plough on uh, with, with what's happening. Uh, so uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to The Business of Film on Share Radio. I'm in conversation with James Cameron. James, I just want to very briefly mention something that is coming out in, in cinemas. Um, um, Blue Dolphin bringing it out, called Barry and Joan. I was excited because they're, they're two people who've basically been involved in, in the world of, of theatre and vaudeville and Comedia dell'arte for over 70 years. And it is wonderful seeing these people sort of teaching young people uh, theatrical arts, which I know would interest interest um, you. Very, very sweet people. I'm not sure it's the most exciting uh, documentary I've ever seen. Opened uh, um, at the Northeast International Film Festival um, last year and now goes on a UK release. So you have to look out for it. It's called Barry and Joan. Uh, back to you, James. Okay, well, well, we've got to number one in the charts, <laughs> yes, yes. which was a huge dis- disappointment. And the people I know who've also seen it and also loved Doctor Strange, the original film, unlike yourself, were mm. also terribly disappointed and thought it was a complete yeah. mess right so we don't expect it to be earning quite as tell me again how much it earned on this opening weekend 19.8 million mm. okay right well i do I remember can. last last yeah, week that we, you talk about the disappointment of, uh, of of the downton opening so i'm interested to hear how that's done well as i said it's been a cat- catastrophic weekend for all the other films because Everybody was packed in to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I can recommend heartily another sequel at number two, which is Downton Abbey, A New Era, which was at number one, which plummeted 50% and made 1.6 million, which is really sad. It's got a total now of 7.7 million pounds. But it is the strongest holdover of the weekend in what was a disastrous weekend, except for Benedict Cumberbatch, who's having a rather good year, what with his Oscar nomination. Uh, number three, we have Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which was at two, down 54% for a total of 23.5. Number four, The Lost City, which was at three, down 61% with a total of 8.7 million. Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which is marginally better than the first two, at number five, which was at four, down 67% with a total of 19.6 million quid. Number six, The Bad Guys, which was at five, down 57%, with a total of 11 million. Seven, The Northman, which was at six, down 65%, which has made four million. And you'll be interested in this one. Operation Mincemeat is now at number eight, down 67%, with a total of four and a half million pounds. Mm. Which I'm hoping to see not long after we record this very I look podcast. forward to hearing what you think of it because i quite enjoyed it yeah i'm trying I, I, I to find the man were. who never was the 50s film i vaguely remember from that you clifton know, webb it was yes i believe it okay. was um uh, which was made in the 50s of course when we knew far less about um what had actually happened but i'd like to see it again but i don't have it so i'd have to search it out um, well it's certainly of of the top 10 at the moment it's certainly one of the two films that i could recommend i quite like the bad guys as well but the rest I quite like the first 
You quite liked The Lost, Lost City, City as well, didn't you? The yes, first the first half. bit. Yeah. I'd much rather films got better as they went on rather than worse. It's well, not indeed, the way around indeed. to do it. Yeah. But I okay. can say that about number nine, which is uh, Turandot, which was showing at the Met Opera, a piece of event cinema yeah. uh, by Puccini. And at number 10, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, oh, yes, yes, yes. which just to remind you, I was the only person left in the cinema yes. by the <laughs> time it had finished. <laughs> Thankfully, down 80% with a total of 1.4 million. Now, I thought we'd have a bit of fun, Simon. Oh, and always I had a quite a few. I've had some requests about, we did the top five highest grossing films in the United Kingdom, yes. inflation adjusted. Mm. Now, I thought I'd give all 20 because people wanted to know okay. what were the other ones because they thought it was really quite interesting. But what I would like to do is take the actress of each one first. Because I was quite surprised to see the most popular actress on the film in British cinema of all time. I would never have guessed, based on bums on seats. So, okay, I'm going to go, not going to tell you the title. Well, given what I said earlier, presumably this is a reference to one, one of those actresses. It can't be. Yes. Can't be. Yeah. Well, okay. Let, let me start. Number one yeah. film, the most popular film of all time, seen by the most people in the mm. United Kingdom. Mm. The actress is Vivian Lee. Yes. Gone, gone with the wind. Yes. Brilliant. Number two, Julie Andrews. A sound of music. Yes. Three doesn't count because that's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Four, Carrie Fisher. Uh, yeah, why didn't Snow White count? Because the well, there were it's a cartoon. Well, well there there are voiceover artists. Okay. Right. Hardly uh, so, so Carrie Fisher's Star Carrie Fisher's Star Wars. Indeed, people did not go to see Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs for whoever voiced Snow White. No, well, except, their, except their mums, but yes, okay. except their mums. Yeah, okay. Number five, Anna Neagle. That was that was the Spring in Park Lane that we talked Very about. Very good, absolutely. Which, which now, this is more your area than for mine. Years. Yeah, but I've forgotten so much, as I know from joining in a quiz last Sunday. I kept saying, <laughs> oh, I used to know this. I used to know this. Okay. Okay, number six, mm. Myrna Loy. Now, would it be one of the, no, it wouldn't be one of the Thin Men films, because they, they were great. No. They didn't do that well. It's probably the best years of our, our lives. Yes, gold star. With Brilliant. William okay. Powell. Yeah. Number okay. seven, doesn't count. It's The Jungle Book. It's a cartoon. Right. Number eight, Kate Winslet. Titanic. Yes. Number nine, Margaret Lockwood. Well, now that's interesting. Should I give you a clue? Uh, he, no, I'm just trying to think with Margaret Lockwood, would that be the, maybe you have to. Is it the Wicked Lady? Yeah, yeah. you are re you're really. Brilliant. Okay, yeah. yeah. That, yes, most, not a very good film, but sold on the sort of salaciousness of the whipping scene, I seem to remember. Uh, yes. Well, I know the cleavage caused yes. a yes. huge concern. Uh, yeah. Number okay. 10. Gosh, I like this quiz so far, but I'll probably get none now. Okay. <laughs> number 10, Anne Todd. Um, same leading man that was in The Wicked Lady, who is the most watched actor in the United Kingdom of all time. The one about the, peer, the, one about the pianist. Yes, yes. Uh, but I can't remember, sorry, the title's... Well, no, he is, he mind, is James slamming, Mason. James Mason, slamming, slamming the lid on her fingers. Yes, that's right. Yes. The seventh veil. The seventh veil, yes, okay. Thank you. I'd have got and it eventually. Who would have thought James Mason 
was the top box office star mm. of all time, if you but, take but inflation the, into yes, account. But then, of course, I mean, you're just an incredibly dependable actor and seemed to choose his roles well. You didn't get James Mason in Jaws 3D. Oh, I'm sure we could come up. You yeah, well, I'm sure you can come up with some, but yes, he's, yeah. Quality, I wasn't a I huge fan of Evil Under the Sun. Okay. But he only All had right, a very point taken. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, number 11. You're doing mm. really well. Mm. Olivia Newton-John. From Greece, presumably. Yes. Number 12. Mitzi Gaynor. Ooh, no, I don't think I'll get that. Um, no, I don't Rosanna Brazzi. Was the film? No, he, he was her, her leading what? man. Oh. Was it musical? Uh, no, I'm sorry, James. My mind's blank. Okay. Uh, oh, South Pacific. Oh, okay. Yes. Not, yes. Not very keen on, but yes. Okay. 13, Lorraine mm. Gary. I don't even think I know who Lorraine Gary is. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, having just seen it again recently, and she was in the sequels, she played Roy Scheider's wife in oh. Jaws. Jaws. Okay, right. Yes, okay. Which was directed by Steven Spielberg. Number 14, Laura Dern. Also directed by Steven Spielberg. I'm trying to think which one of the ones she was in. No, no, you see, I knew I was doing well for to begin with, and then I now I'm... It's, it's the new, the modern films, like... The film's released in 1993. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing as well. I just I can't remember. Which, oh, was she in Jurassic? No. Jurassic Park? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, right, okay, yes one, she one, was. One, one. Number 15, yeah. Anna Needle. Again. Oh. The Courtney's of Curzon Street. Oh, yes, okay. Who These are thought? not films that have lasted very well, but they were massively popular. Massively Was it Herbert Wilcox who was in the room? I'm trying to remember who was the... Michael leader? Wilding? Michael Wilding, sorry, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. 16, this is an interesting one, Claudine Auger. Oh, no, 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 it's, I can't even... Who pick, died three years ago. Can't even picture... French actress. Yet. Yes, very... I can still see... Um, I can still picture her in her wetsuit, which gives you a clue. Ah, oh, uh, talk about one of the Bond films. Yes. Um, but which one? I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Okay, yet. Thunderball. And 17, back to Ingrid Bergman. I'm trying to think what Ingrid Bergman's most popular film would have would have been. But no, I just I couldn't stab, make a stab at the film. Helped by the presence of Bing Crosby. <laughs> you know, I cannot now recall okay. what the bells she... of St. Mary's oh, was yes, hugely yes. popular. This it one was. might be a bit tricky at number 18, Anne Baxter. All about but Eve? it was an all-star cast. No, it, all it, Eve. Well, it was the Ten Commandments. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And this one's going to throw you, but that's fine because you've done really well. Number 19, Leslie Sharp, the English character actress. Yes. Got top female billing in a film that was an unexpected and phenomenal success. Was she in Full Monty? She was. Oh, I am so impressed. Ah, oh, right. You okay. are doing really, really well. And well, I, I hope I think with Emily Wolf, who had a very small part, who I once, I once babysat for, I remember. But yes, okay. 
Emily Wolf had a big part in this. Was it big part? I can't, I can't, I can't yeah, see that a for a long time. Part. The mystery was. Oh, okay. Yeah, the no, she again. she was an ingenue in it, really. Okay. No, very very good. Uh, and number twenty is Julie Andrews. Again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously, the Sound of Music was her big film, and she had another massive hit, which has had a sequel made. Oh God. It was a um, musical as well, obviously, being Julie Andrews. No, I'm afraid, James, I'm at a loss there. Okay. If I, if I said that Dick Van Dyke was also in it. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> All right, sorry. Yes, Mary Poppins. Oh, why? It's amazing how one's brain doesn't work when you need to. But I've just realised we are now absolutely out of time. So I hope there wasn't much else you want to talk about. But That's that fine. Fun. I hope that our listeners enjoyed playing along with that Um too. Uh, James, thank you very much indeed. That's it for the, the rather dispiriting business of film for this week. Let's hope the box office picks up, but the forecast is for good weather ahead. We don't think that necessarily bodes well for what's going on in the cinemas. We all go a little mad sometimes. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! We wrap banks. I'll be back.